Cutting for Sign with Ron Cecil and Daniel Pinnertwine. Monroe Martin, you are a rising comedy star. You have an honest, open approach to storytelling. For your material, you mine your experience of growing up in foster care, bouncing from one dysfunctional family to another. You have seemingly effortlessly turned your hard knock experience during childhood into comedy gold. You've appeared on Comedy Central, Netflix, NBC, Amazon Video, MTV, VH1, and The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Monroe, welcome to Cutting for Sign. Yo, 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 what up, what up? Yeah, Thank you for having yeah, me. glad to have you here, man. Especially Absolutely. with that voice now. Damn. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm gonna speak low it. like this the whole time. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to do comedy like this, but I feel like comedy is only funny when you like really bring it up a little bit. When you like add a little, oh. like falsetto to your voice, especially as a big dude. I feel yeah. like this, uh, like the 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 higher pitch our voice, the less people will be like, ah, shit. Did oh, <laughs> it take you a while to figure that one out, or were you? Did you start low and you're like, hey, everybody, I'm just gonna make you laugh tonight. And instead, women were were not getting the message. They're not laughing, but they're definitely. Yeah, I, I wish that was the case. <laughs> I think when I speak low, people are like, what? The fuck? Oh yeah, yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I've got a friend who's yeah. who's who's default voice is very low like this and, yeah and and i always have to ask him what he's talking about plus he's from new zealand so i you know it's like the oh white yeah person. he got that accent accent is totally different yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a hobbit but not <laughs> you know i i just saw this uh little clip on uh, joe rogan yesterday talking about comedians having uh creating a persona and mm-hmm. you know some people create you know and obviously i don't want to speak this is your world but it seems to me that some people create really intense you know persona and then some you know to varying extents not but he was talking about every once in a while how someone will create a persona and then they just go fuck it and they just become that person um oh yeah 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 i mean isn't that how we got like larry cable guy p right. herman fucking andrew Jeff dice clay Boxbury, andrew dice clay yeah. well, andrew Jewish. dice clay andrew dice clay is the guy that he was talking about he oh, was really? saying that he decided screw it man i'm just gonna be this person instead of yeah. it being like a, a, per, a persona on 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 stage it was just like yeah. he just decided to be that person i think i think now times have changed where people have the option to do either or they have the option to be themselves completely or a version a version of themselves or just something completely different because people don't know you know yeah they totally. don't know unless you reveal it unless you tell them like hey yo that that was a lie I'm man a, i think guy. there's so much more room for that in just uh, outside of just comedians and people who are on stage or on on camera you know i think mm-hmm. there's something that ron and i talk about a lot is like <clears throat> the alter ego you know and and yeah. the shadow self any any of these other parts of ourselves that like can we invite them into our daily life a little bit more because i feel like i might be a little more at ease if these other parts of myself can live you know yeah I don't know if you ever think about stuff like that, but it's kind of on my mind a lot. Did you, are you, have you gotten into, are you, are you guys pregnant yet? I know you've been trying. Nah, we, we just going to keep traveling. We're going to Africa uh, on the 20th. We're oh, the going re- to, that's yeah, exciting. That's very exciting. Kenya. So oh, I'm shit. like, nah, let's not have a baby. <laughs> I'm like, look, like she's finally starting to catch on. I'm like, look, do you really want to have a kid? 
Well, that's what I was going to ask is, yeah. is this alter ego situation. I'm a parent. I've got a 15 year old kid and a 10 year old mm-hmm. kid and, and letting my, like all my shit out is actually finding to be really useful as a parent instead yeah. of, instead of being like this buttoned up dad type, you know? Yeah. Cause I guess like, I don't know how to, I don't know anything about white dads. <laughs> I don't Let's know about black dads. We'll figure this out. <laughs> my dad wasn't even around, but I feel like at least when it comes to like your kid and how your kid looks at you, they want to know something about you. They want to yeah. know you're human and not just a a guy that walks around with a bunch of rules and 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 like authority and shit. They want to know that you're a real person. Yeah. 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 And and my dad was never around. He was married 8 times before he passed away. God damn, what was he? What he was a gambling man or something? He was a ser- hey? serial matrimonialist. He was addicted. He was a love addict. Is my is my <laughs> guess. I don't know. He passed away, you know, a long time ago. I so no, maybe that. You know what? I feel like getting married was old school. It was yeah. like a way for men to like trick themselves into thinking they're doing the right thing, versus just like, hey, yeah. I want to fuck. Like you don't got to buy a ring and a house <laughs> and a car for every girl you stick your dick inside. <laughs> I think he was trying to find safe harbor. I think he was trying to retire himself. Hold on, hold on. I'm taking notes right now. Find a lady to take care of him. The last yeah. lady, it was it was a mess, man. She didn't know she was number eight. She thought she was number three. Damn. So it was at the funeral or at the wake, which was at a fried catfish place in mm-hmm. c- central Texas. Um, she found out and she's it was like it was a movie scene she had the mascara running down her face oh wow you know my my uh my uncle's wife was like counting it out on her acrylic nails like how many women there had been it was damn why she do that quite dramatic well the the i think that was kind of their way of like giving him one last fuck you because they they hated each other and i think she was just trying to like you know piss on him a little bit ruin his marriage and shit (laughs) so what i got six others to fall back on Maybe he looked at marriages like timeshares and shit. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> were they all in different places or were they all like but all in Texas? They were all in Texas. Texas is a big place. I mean, he he bounced around a fair amount uh, all in this. I know, like but he region. needed to get the fuck out of Texas. He did, dude. It was it was a black hole for that man. It was rough. I, the the, the yeah. other surprise of it actually was I, I found out I had a half brother. Mm-hmm. And and it was I mean, on, you better. Oh, that fucking in. Oh, well, here's the twist. He had, you here's the twist. Some show you for probably it. got more than one, man. At least, you're, right, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I, when I joined 23andMe, I like, I hit submit. I was like waiting for the, like, you know, yeah. <laughs> the slot machine to like, siblings. It's like buffering for like five minutes. No, but my brother, the guy who I found out is, you know, my sibling, he is. 13 or 14 years older than me. So my dad fucked around in high school and got a girl pregnant. I don't even know if he knew, knew, because this was in the 60s in Texas. Yeah. And, and so who knows? Who knows? But I'm, when I met this cat, I was really surprised because, one, he looked more like my dad than I look like my dad. Actually, yeah. Is that a good thing question. or a bad thing? <laughs> it's a great thing. <laughs> Your dad's a good-looking man? No, no, no. I, no, I, oh, okay. I mean... Uh, that's not kind of my dad or my brother. <laughs> oh. Let's just say I got the better end of the genetics, right, namely good. with a full head of hair. Thank God. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know if my dad knew. I don't know if my dad knew, and I and I, or maybe I, he just cared not to know. You know what I mean? Maybe that's he just pr- shut that there, off. There, in his I'd brain. say it's he a like, 50-50 chance. Yeah. You know, either way, either way. Yeah. 
as a as a kid who came out of the foster care system, have you found any siblings? Uh nah, but they'll come out once the money starts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once the once the money starts getting published and shit, once it starts getting printed and people like Monroe Martin makes X amount on this movie, then they're gonna be like, hey, you know we have brothers. Like I ain't have shit. I got two sisters and that's it. Have yeah, you have you, that's it. Have you that's the only ones I'm counting. Me and my sisters were cool. Yeah. And anybody outside that, like if anyone else decides to come in, I'm, we'll be like, nah, you good, man. <laughs> you gonna have to sit this one out. Maybe in another lifetime. Do you know your birth parents at all? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just, see, here's the thing about foster care. It's like mm. foster care, you could still have access to your parents, but just not be under their care and like yeah. rules and regulations and shit like that it's like having an older cousin gotcha you know what i mean it's like yeah. that's what they turn into they just turn into like their older cousin that you get to see from time to time because they can't tell you what to do like they can't but you better watch your mouth like oh what <laughs> <laughs> so, so i yeah. still know yeah Did i you... know my mom um you know like when i go to philly we hang out we she calls me from time to time i call her my dad not so much you know no hard feelings or anything. Yeah. It's just that like he don't hit me up. I don't hit him up. Um, and that's been like that for like years. Like my dad, my friend had a good joke about his dad because we got similar experiences. Mm -hmm. But he says his dad is like a uh like a surprise guest on the show. Like every once in a while he <laughs> <Yeah>. pops in <laughs> for like the season finale, like ooh. <laughs> little cameos. Yeah, he just do a my dad makes cameo. cameo appearances. <laughs> Pretty much, like I've seen my dad five times, and I'm probably throwing in that fifth time, just because, like I probably thought it was my dad. Like I probably seen some tall dude walking down the street, and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> but I seen my dad when I was a kid. Um, like I we like my we lived with my dad for a little bit, but then, you know, shit happened like him, him and my mom fighting him going in and out of jail. And then I went to foster care. So that was one. I think two was when I went to, when I moved to DC, Maryland area, and then he got furloughed from prison and he took us Christmas stealing. Like we all went shopping. Oh, excellent. But, but, yeah. But he was just stealing shit from Walmart. And then that was our Christmas. And then Christmas um, stealing. Yeah, I call it Christmas stealing. Most people go Christmas shopping. It's like, get what you can carry. So did the, did the furlough ended. He just went back in. He's like, you can't get me Yo, twice. Oh, absolutely. The furlough ended. And then he just, we dropped him back off. Dropped him, my grandma. Dropped him right back off to Damn. prison. Yeah. To finish this term. Which is like, yo, that that what's it, recidivism or something like that? Yeah. That's real. People will commit crimes right then and there. That's real, real. Wow. Yeah. And then um, I think once again when I was 18, he took me and my sister to like the Chinese buffet. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty fancy night out. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, hey, I don't know what y'all want to eat. So how about everything? Um, I actually just started watering a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yo, Chinese buffet. You can't yeah, miss right? growing up in Philly. <laughs> exactly. It's not a bad thing. Like I say that to some people, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> yeah, could have took so you somewhere nice. I'm like, what do you mean it was nice? <laughs> Got the and little MSG uh, trough you can just sprinkle over everything. It's yo, great. right? Get some noodles, you get some ice cream, you can get whatever the fuck you want. 
Probably get French fries there. <laughs> Yo, dude, like, come on. You can get French fries with, with like, shrimp fried rice. Like, you can get whatever you want. So, That's like, shit, he, yeah. he didn't he didn't fuck up. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a bad call. Like, if, it would have been a bad call if he would have, like, took us out for something we definitely don't eat. I think black people in Chinese food is like a marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's the same thing as Jews and Chinese food. It's like black people, Jews, and Chinese food. We just fuck with each other. It's like, you can't go wrong. <laughs> um, I think, oh, shit, damn. It was only been four times because then I met him again at like 32 in Washington, D.C. And he, uh, I invited him to a show, but he didn't come to the show. And then he like met me and my friends for breakfast. And I didn't tell my friends that my dad was showing up because they just know me as not having a dad. So oh, I was like, my dad's coming up there. The fuck? So when my dad walked in, they were like, yo, who's this fat dude with your face? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and my dad had like a date with him at the time. So that oh, was yeah. even. Is that yeah. why he didn't come to the show? He's too busy. Yeah. No, my dad got his life together, which it's I make jokes about it, but it's just like that's something you want to see like happen. You don't just want to like you don't want him to get his life together just without you in it. And just like it was me the whole time. It was like I'm the reason you couldn't fucking reach your dreams. My dad's right. doing great. My dad, he's uh he got like his master's degree and shit. Oh shit. Yeah. Nice. You know? That was actually Dude. something Monroe that uh I was didn't really know about you until I started getting in your stuff, but I was adopted. Um, do you good for you adopted? Nah, the adoption is permanent. I was just passed around. Yeah, so you don't like have a, any. I was like a never-ending blunt. Yeah. Never <laughs> <ending> blunt. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, like no, Ronald had had a lot of like stepmoms, and and mm -hmm. uh, his father was not around, so it's something that about your material that that was interesting but then also uh when you get into your discussion um around adulthood and what it is yeah. to be an adult you know that's something that ron and i talk quite a bit about here yeah and i liked i liked in that one bit that you are not bit but we had a series of interviews you did where you just ask people like do you feel like an adult you know and yeah i think that's a really valid question and it's nice to have a lot of like so like a fine point put on it because yeah. the experience of feeling like an adult it's like you know, my grandpa or like grandfather, like, like these people who are old. I, I want to ask, like, did you ever feel like an adult? Because you yeah. seem like you feel like an adult. But I would yeah. be surprised if some of them were like, not ever really. You know? I think the answer is not ever really, because like I'll like me and my grandmother were cool and we still like talk every week. And I've asked her, I'm like, how do you feel really? like you're 70? How do you feel like do you feel? because I'm like, I don't I'm 36 now and I'm like, I still. I don't feel 20, but I don't feel old or anything. And I guess this is adulting. And she was like, same way. She's just older doing it. And I think like we look to adults as the people who like they know what they they've gotten this far. They know what's what they know what they're doing. Most of the motherfuckers don't know shit. They're just no, making no it shit. up. They yeah. just yes. Ending. I think like what I'm starting to learn is just like, I did, you just got to live your version of your life. You know what I mean? Without, without being like a detriment to someone else. Like as long as you can live your life and not fuck up anyone else's shit, not steal yeah. from anyone or put other people down, like do you, you know what I mean?
Plus, I don't think that it's bad. I think embedded in that question, do you feel like an adult is a an obligation or like we should feel like an adult? And yeah. I think another thing that comes from the, this conversation is, and then just the way people are living these days and dressing and, uh, and, um, and not getting, like everyone's getting into five jobs. There's a freedom that's inviting feeling yeah. like a child into adulthood. And it seems to be balancing the scales a little bit with it. I know that that happened. Yeah, for you me, cut right? out just a little bit. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I just it, that happened for me is just feeling acting and behaving more like a child in in positive ways, like in ways yeah. that aren't fucking my life up has actually yeah. helped me feel more like an adult. Yeah, you got to remain youthful, like like growing up what we see people tuck their shirts in all the time <laughs> exactly. and then like, like they that. were doing their best version of what they thought being grown and mature was. And then they ended up drinking their lives away and doing drugs and having second families because they just didn't know how to really just be honest with themselves and be like yeah. all right i don't want none of this shit i need to figure out how to take responsibility in my life because i think once i really started paying bills and taxes and shit i was like so what's this whole maturity thing about like all this shit that girls used to get on your case about remembering you yeah you too immature it's like i still feel the same it's just more bills now, now they're paid off. The bills are paid. Yeah, the bills are paid. I'm like, <laughs> I still feel the same. I get like, yeah, hold on to that youth. I think that's the, the thing that keeps me doing comedy and why I love it. Cause I, I get to be childlike as like, cause that's yeah. the approach I'm always like, that's the angle that I take when I do comedy. I, I, I try not to be the person who's like, this is how it should be. I'm just like, why? You know what I mean? Cause kids, mm -hmm always ask why adults are the ones just like because it is what it is and you don't question it Dude, and they got all these facts great parent i think that yeah. would make you an awesome parent yeah i know you're going to africa i know you're like man i don't know if i want to do this absolutely nah, <laughs> i'm going to africa dude i'm like I'm, i can't wait to keep traveling you know like we we like i looked at like as i was getting my documents and stuff ready i was like yo my goddamn passport book almost filled up i'm like you, i just gotta travel get to a lot I try to travel as much as I can, and that's to comedy. That's thanks to comedy. You yeah. know what I mean? Are you going to um, try to do a show in Africa? I am doing a show in Africa. Dude, I'm going amazing. out there for sure. I no literally shit. only go to places for shows, and then I make a vacation out of it. Awesome. You know, so I'm going yeah. to Kenya. I'm going to uh, Nairobi because there's, like, this newly developed comedy scene, I think, that's been around since, like, 2015. Oh, shit. That's amazing. So they were, like, they reached out to me. They they made a really good offer. Me and my wife are going out there. We're going to yeah. stay out there for 10 days. I do two shows. And then the rest is just me getting to see Kenya, going on a safari and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Have yeah. you been to Africa before? Nah. I know you would think that I have, but I haven't. <laughs> that would be like the whitest fucking assumption in the world. Right? You're black. You must have been in Africa. That'd be fucked up. Yo, no. <laughs> No, like for real, like I don't know, like Ron, you're American, correct? Yes, but I I, I prefer to be ethnically ambiguous. Ron does commercials sometimes, ambiguous. and yeah. he also he also he always gets cast as the in that in uh, what is it the ethnically ambiguous male? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, cause like non-American whites will be like, so where are you from? And I'm like Philly, and they're like, oh. 
have you ever been to Africa? Like, nah. Really? <laughs> Why? Like, because I haven't. Motherfuckers, you're acting like I got an address for somebody. Like, I need to go over there for something. Like, you think it's like the Fresh Prince? Like, I'm just go over there? I've but, lived there. I've, I lived, spent a summer in, in um, Zambia, which is like southwest, pretty far from yeah. Kenya. But it's amazing. That shit's amazing. Like, the, it, you'll find, I don't know. I mean, I actually, like, lived in the bush and mm-hmm. volunteer the hospital and school and stuff. And when I was there, I was like, every molecule in this in this land is designed for one thing, and that is to kill the human being to dust. Yeah. And the people who live there are fucking wildly strong and wildly, like, healthy for what they're doing. One wow. night we were sitting around the, the fire, and this, like, kid runs out of the bush. He's all sweating. He's like, hey, my mom's about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. The doctor's like, cool, let's go get her. And yeah. They take off. They come back 40 minutes later. The kid's gone. The doctor's alone. I was like, what happened? He's like, oh, she had the baby. Where'd she have the that baby? Quick? Under a tree. Did you bring her back? No, she's fine. Like, she's going to be okay. And, and I'm like, but, 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 but you know, stammering Just, with like, well, but the well, hospital, like, dude, people have been doing this shit for millions of years. Like, relax. This is what they do here. So, with the, like, I'm pretty sure that baby got something wrong with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's beautiful and cool that you can give birth on the retreat, but the reality is that baby got something. So that baby ain't getting all its vitamins. <laughs> you know, like, hey, you I... Some... Go ahead. Yeah, you good. You... Oh, no, I'm always like, I'm like that. Like when people like, be like, oh, man, like the ancient shit and like old school ways. I'm like, this is what we need to get back to. It's like, nah, I'm good. Like this yeah. is cool and everything, but the medicine helps. 100%. <laughs> every time I start dreaming about living in medieval days, I'm like, yeah, but then there's that toothache that happens every once yeah. in a while. <laughs> like toothache <laughs> and somehow it's going to affect your brain. Like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> if I'd been born 100 years ago, I'd definitely not made it past like. 10 11 years old well you know for what, sure what, what, what makes me think that makes me think of 500 years in the future mm-hmm. people are gonna look at us and be like god damn man do you think yeah. they, they really went through that shit you know yeah and you know you know there's like 20 different things that we go through right now that are analogously miserable you know, mm-hmm. us to medieval to the yeah. thousand years in the future to us. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're always going to find the obvious. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, as decades go, you're like, they were doing that shit. No wonder why they all died. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Instagram's exactly. probably one of the top yeah. ones. Like, top oh, three man. carcinogenic. Oh. I, I, I'm starting to like it a little bit more. At first, I was just like, I hated it because I was on it a lot and i didn't want to be on it and then like i told myself it didn't really matter because i'm like look as long as i'm funny and as long as i continue to just keep hitting the stages and making people laugh like everything will open up and it happened to a point but then after a while it was like oh social media can help with you engaging with fans or even like dan reached out to me like when if i didn't have social media what are you gonna do just think of me you know what i mean like there's so i'm like okay i'm starting to use it a lot more and stuff like that but yeah nah it's i mean it's making people it's easy to go on i think it's easy to get negative about stuff that stuff but when i hear people like have problems with 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 uh 
Insta or something like that. It's more a reflection of that person because the, the thing can be amazing, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe not that person, but the position that person's in like Ronald has to engage through their Insta for his business, like yeah. a lot and more than he wants to. And he's working out how that can end up being feeding his like, yeah. his like a uh, soul, you know, and not be a, just a fucking drag all the time. Yeah. It's just learn how to use it as a tool. Some people really make it about like they make it their lives. You know what I mean? Like there's some people who I know personally. And if it, it's not on Instagram, they're like, I didn't know you did that. It's like, you could have asked me. We could text like you don't have to j- like they don't they won't call me because they'll just be like, oh, yeah, I see you was doing good. I see you post a story today. That doesn't mean shit. That, the, that just means I'm trying to feed the algorithm that doesn't mean that i'm fucking <laughs> totally doing well i'm just like gotta post gotta gotta stay up gotta stay relevant speaking of not calling your friends um you on one of your bits you talked about not checking in with your your adult friends yeah me and my friends just started really telling each other get home safely because we're old now and like you know people pass away and stuff but now you're yeah. like hey man shit that, Love you. We started saying that uncomfortable love you. You know what I mean? Dude, I mean, I'm <laughs> way into that. I'm way into yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. We're yeah, there. We're we like... love each other all the time. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it. I yeah, think, yeah. like, now that we're older, we, we've seen comics coming and, like, and, like, people you thought was healthy and stuff like that, and you kind of take them for granted because you're like, oh, I'm going to see them next week. I'm going to see them at a spot or whatever. And then when they're gone, then you're like, God damn, now we got to sit at the comedy club in silence while we try to eat chicken tenders. So- well, <laughs> I mean, that's another thing that speaks to like uh, what it is to be an adult. You know, mm-hmm. one thing that makes me feel like an adult because I, I yeah. had this experience. This is why I like that that little thing that you did uh, in that in that I think it was like a, I don't know what it was like a little docu hour yeah. and you interviewed a bunch of people and i liked that that you were asking that question because it's like i looked in the mirror about three weeks ago and i was like oh shit like i saw an yeah. adult you know and, and i hadn't experienced that really before it, it's been getting there you know over yeah. the years but i really did you know yeah. like i looked at myself and i was like wow and it comes at a time when i'm being the most childish as i i've been in decades and mm-hmm. i was like that's interesting and i think that that there's another aspect of that around emotion emotions yeah. and expressing emotions where and ad- one reason maybe we don't feel like an adult is because our definition of adult is not where we're going as 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 humans you know yeah uh, that's a pretty general statement but one thing that makes me feel like an adult more and more and that i recognize as mature in other people is when they're not afraid to express their emotions and feelings man i think that's what makes an adult yeah and, as much as anything I think I'm like that only because of my upbringing. Like I'm, I'm open. I, mm-hmm. I express my feelings. Like my wife, she used to say it in the beginning. She was like, you always got all these feels. I'm like, I'm sorry. It just comes with the, I'll tell you, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I feel weird about it. Like I'm very like upfront yeah. about nice. the way I feel, even regardless if it's good or bad, just because I was kind of conditioned to, when you grow up in group homes and stuff like that, and you got a lot of, uh, clinicians, I think they're called like the staffs are clinicians. So mm. they're supposed like therapists with the ability to diagnose. Mm. I think that's the, that's my made up definition, but basically that's what they are. They talk to you back and forth and then 
like they'll ask you what's wrong and they tell you to use your words and express your feelings versus like punch walls and stuff like that. So I'm very much like, nah, I'm open because of that. You know what I mean? I think it just, I think comedy just helped because if I worked in an office, they'd be like, God damn, my mom just always talking about his feelings and shit. (laughs) God damn, bro, it helps with comedy because I can talk about my feelings and then make it funny, like find the funny in it and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Like a lot of me feeling like an adult is because of comedy. It's allowed me to feel, keep my youth, but feel like an adult, whatever that the adult is. That's it. That's really fascinating. Did you, when you were, did that, so it sounds like you're saying it kind of gave you a little bit extra, like, articulation around your emotions and your feelings because because of the questions right did that yeah has that helped you in comedy do you think yeah sometimes like you know sometimes we'll always revert back to just like what we we know but yeah like yeah i felt like it it definitely helped me what well what, what i'm sorry i'm like mumbling and shit so first i had to discover that you could do that in comedy when I started comedy, mm-hmm. I thought it was just joke, 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 jokes. Mm-hmm. Then I had a men- I have a mentor who was like, hey, dummy, nah, be a person through this art. Mm-hmm. Like learn how to bring your life in and your opinions in and how you feel and the way you see the world, because that's the only reason people are coming to shows. Yeah. They want to laugh, but they also want to see, hey, am I the only one who thinks this shit? You know? Yep. So yep. I, I had those two things that helped. I had the background growing up in institutions and then a mentor going, use that mm-hmm. shit. All that goofy shit, use it. Now, when it comes to life, sometimes, you know, like it's a back and forth. Sometimes I'll overshare or then sometimes I'll shut down. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm so used to being yeah. like open and vulnerable that I can just doop cut it off and be like eh, whatever. and not you, talk and and i can go a, you ever right. get a vulnerability hangover after a show like one that's like especially raw <laughs> about your childhood or your like relationship most of the time like on some <laughs> real <laughs> shit <laughs> most of the time like if i'm doing a weekend yeah if i'm doing a weekend or a long run of shows yeah i get emotionally drained because you're just giving yourself yeah, out yeah. you're just like ah, 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 you know what i mean and then, like, I'll come home and, like, I'll try to, like, turn it on, like, extra and just shake it off. But my wife can tell, you know? So, like, on the long, like, if I do, like, a, a Thursday through Sunday, that Monday, I come home. She's just like, what you want to do? You want to chill, play video games, go to the movies? <laughs> like, yeah, you you shouldn't go out. Or like, or sometimes like she'll be like, if she sees me just sitting around, she'll be like, go out with your friends. You don't gotta go do stand up, but just mm-hmm. be around your friends so you can huh. fucking recharge. That shit is draining. Yeah. When you're like really like when you're just you know talking to people and opening up and putting yourself out there and then making them laugh, that's a lot of energy. Well, that goes. That goes. I've been learning a little bit more about the persona that w- that we all carry around and and mm-hmm. what our psyche does when we suddenly get around other people. And yeah, you really do. Like your psyche subconsciously puts on a, a mask yeah. to some extent, you know. Yeah. And some people greater, 
some people less. And that at a certain point is can, it just becomes exhausting because it's, it's only part of you, you know, and yeah. that, that it's worn out. It's too much in that yeah. same track. And then you get by yourself and you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. I see why people do drugs and comedy like hard shit like outside of weed like i only do i only fuck with weed but there's people like you know but why yeah. why like, do you say that like because weed. the drain when you're drained it's the only thing like you want to feel numb until mm, you feel lively again yeah so it's the only thing that helps you deal with the in between times you can be numb until the next time you have to use your emotion huh so you feel like you've been able to you know, because there's that like sort of worn out trope that all comedians are wounded and fucked up and they're all hard. It's just like, I like how that's kind of going away. Yeah. But have you felt like you've navigated the world well? And, you know, how's it looked for you? I mean, I feel like I'm navigating the world. I'm not, I don't think I've navigated and done everything I need to do and like yeah, stuff like that. But I feel like, yeah, you know what I mean? I feel like there's still a lot of things for me to learn. I don't know what I need to learn, but I'm open to, to it because I want to do more. You know like what, what I mean? With you my wanna, career, with my it. life. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to travel. All I want to really do is travel, tell jokes and make shit. But like travel and that, like because I got to be careful. You say you say what you want to the universe and then it gives you exactly that shit. And you're like, yeah. I didn't mean like that. Like if I go, I just want to travel. It's like, all right, motherfucker, here's a Honda Civic. <laughs> Yeah. And and now you stuck in the Honda Civic, but you're traveling. What do you but what do you no, mean by well, you want to make shit? What kind of I wanna like I just wanna, you know, make films and shows mm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And not necessarily like, yeah, I want them to be out there and like be on network, but I also don't care if I had a built-in audience and I can just put shit out and put them up at like independent theaters and stuff like that, I'd be happy with that too. Are you a writer? You know what I mean? Do you write? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that is that what you would say your main thing is like? No, comedy stand up is my main thing. Well, what I mean is like for your career, like your own personal like creative outlet, because you obviously you write to do stand up. Yeah, right? nah, I go, oh. I I write the idea down, mm -hmm. then I go on stage and I try to talk through it. Yeah, and then if there's something there, I record it, and then if there's something there, I'll listen to it. I'm like, oh, okay, I can bring that back. Maybe this yeah. ties with this. It's easier. I learned this a long time ago. It's so much easier to be yourself on stage if you start off that way versus oh. trying to take because you write in two different voices. Yeah, you, that's true. You know what I mean? Your yep. voice in your head isn't the voice that you speak with. Like in my head, I'm fucking dapper. I sound like John Hamm and shit. Like I'm cool as fuck. But in John reality, Hamm. I'm like, like, you know, but so when you're when I'm writing, um, like I go, oh, that's funny, and I'm laughing in my head, and I'm having a ball, and then I take it to the stage, and then the audience is like, mm, we probably like three percent of that. But when I just write the idea down, it allows me to hold it in my head and bring it. And when I bring it on stage, I'm bringing the conversation with me. Mm -hmm. It's never just a joke, like, hey, knick knack, patty whack, blah blah blah. It's yeah. more like, hey. Not like, hey, here's what I think about this, or this is what I feel like is going on right now. And then the joke finds its way in there. Because I'm always trying to have funny conversations. Because you got to be up there for a long time. Like, if you're up there for an hour, I want people to feel like they left with, like, fulfilled. Like, they're like, yo, this motherfucker was talking to me. 
And sometimes I get that where people like after shows are like, yo, man, I really like what you're talking about resonated with me. And it's funny. And like, I got a cousin who went through this or blah, blah, blah. And not all my t- material is about like growing up in foster care and stuff like that. But that's what they latch on to. And that allows me to say everything else. And then they feel connected to me. Yeah, it's like your it's like the vulnerability is like your key for people. to try. Yeah. yeah. And I can't be vulnerable on paper because it's a it's it's not it's just me. And it's the what I in my head. And in my head, I can be like, this shit is gold. Like, in yeah. my head, I've never written a bad joke. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Like, oh, in yeah. my head, I'm like, this is great. Oh, shit, this is bad. When I hit him with this, and then you go on stage, and they're like, okay. And now I'm like, all right, well, let me go up there, tell them what I'm thinking. And then usually they can, like, the audience never knows. They just probably think that the bit has just too much fat on it. Or they just go, eh, it's not funny. But the, I guess the key would be not going, all right, god damn. Like once you start acknowledging that it's that it's going bad, then they start going, oh yeah, this shit terrible. Like now that you mention it, I'm not yeah, laughing. That, yeah, like <laughs> just keep talking and just keep working your shit out. Or that like I, the hundred 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 and fifty year old woman who is extremely racist toward you and that it sounded like you got through that one pretty well I oh mean, yeah not pretty well but like you didn't lose the audience and i was like when you were telling that story i was like oh god damn like how do you yeah man i've been caught that i've been there's always worse shit that happens at shows like that was like the first time i really like started going on the road and stuff like that mm-hmm. and like like i've opened for people but when you open for them that's their audience Mm-hmm. usually they're already established where like they got a draw. So you're just coming to make their audience laugh. And then I'm a new headliner and I'm traveling. So people are coming either because they seen me on something or the club gave them free tickets. So you get like this whole mixed bag yeah, of characters. Some sure. people want to see comedy and some people just want to fill time because they got free tickets and they just buying time until they go do something else later that night. Well, I love the discussion that's come out of, I mean, you might not, cause it might be stressful well, as hell, but I do, I do appreciate the conversation that's come, you know, from all of the people being very offended and comedians getting really clear that this is comedy. Like yeah. this is for laughs. This does not mean this is what I believe. This is not, this does not mean that this is what I think should exist in the world. This is for laughs. And I think that, that's a pretty sophisticated and nuanced thing for people to accept. But once you get yeah. it, it's like, oh, I see, man. We're just here to have fun. Let's have fun with all of these charges. Let's blow off some steam by creating mm-hmm. laughter and humor around difficult things. And then let's go about our lives with a little bit of that relaxed, uh, you know, surrounding that topic, but then also maybe more informed. Yeah. I just feel like it's this great opportunity. Comedians just breaking down every single subject into as many laps as possible. I feel it's really healthy for the collective psyche, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. really sad that a lot of people don't get that and they just can't get over being offended, you know, and it's, yeah. it's that's gotta be the hardest part of your job, or I think some of it. It's an occupational hazard. That's, that's one of the things I've kind of like, I had to get used to when I started. Yeah. I started in a black comedy club. So whatever you think people are saying on the internet, imagine that in the, the hood with people who like want to throw hands afterwards. You know what I mean? Like they want to fight you and stuff. So I started in the urban room and 
like once you kind of build up your 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 self-esteem there and then you're like i don't give a shit and it's not that i don't give a shit i think i heard like donald glover said this about his this is this is america song when he yeah. was doing all these interviews yeah. and people was like what do you think what were you trying to say and blah 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 and this then the third and he was like and he didn't explain it he just was like it's whatever the audience thinks I'm trying to say. Totally. It's, like, it's not up awesome. to me because now if I yeah. go up there and I say what I'm trying to say, is if I say what I said and then the room is divided and there's some people who are laughing and there's some people who aren't, that's up for that's up to them to yeah. discuss. Because now if I go up there and I'm like, well, what I really meant and what I was trying to do and this, that, and the third, then it becomes this agenda. And I don't have an agenda besides making both people see both sides see hey we are human we all go through the same shit I, we're coming together to laugh and have fun whatever y'all do outside here is on y'all but did my my like with my approach to comedy it's never it's never hatred i'm never trying to tear down a group i'm always trying to understand the group because i think that's that's what hatred is before it gets to the like i feel like before you get the hatred is you wanting me to understand and then the one then if you're too ignorant to take the time and the patience to try to understand then you get angry and you'll be like well that thing shouldn't be yeah. fuck that you know That's what i mean you see that with everything yeah. and i don't got time to argue with that shit so i'll just go i say what i say i know in my heart that i'm not being uh malicious or being disrespectful or like isolating a group of people or anything like that. Even though I make, I'll make a joke about every group of every group of people. I got gay jokes. I got trans jokes. I got black jokes. I got white jokes. I got jokes about having mom on drugs, dad in jail. You know what I mean? Like I got, I have a life. So I talk about those things, but none of these things are like, I fucking hate these people. And this is why they shouldn't be doing this. Yeah. It's like, I, it's, yeah. I think people have really lost. Sorry, good job, man. Um, no problem. Uh, I think people, a lot of people I've noticed have lost the ability to read a piece in person's heart, you know, and just yeah. read how they really feel in their body language and in, in the between the lines is who they but are. But that's the know? internet because the internet has that disconnect. Like it's never to, it's, I don't want to say never to people at the show, but people that shows who are disruptors or disruptors for different reasons for what you think that like, the internet is mad the internet wants to cancel and like shut down and be like you can't say this and blah 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 usually the person at a show they're either just angry because mm. it just struck a chord with them yeah or they got too drunk there's just so many yeah. things and you can remedy that in in, in the in that moment nice. you know what i mean if there's something going on and like let's say you say something and then person boos you or whatever you got the opportunity to turn it around and make them understand you. Once you put shit out in the internet, it's up for them to interpret. And yeah, it's up for them, no especially with like tweets yeah. and stuff. Yeah. I only like I've I've made a point to be like anything that I want to say that I think may be like controversial or anything like that. I said on stage, I put it in a joke form because nice. you can't say it's not funny. There's an audience laughing. You can't. It takes away the oh man that's a that's wrong and that's offensive it's like there's a whole crowd of people laughing nobody they don't they're not offended cut to the audience let you see them 
So yeah. we don't. And if it's a gay joke, they'd be like, "Wow, there was no period, no person of the LGP." You don't know that. You can tell that just by looking at somebody. So it just takes everything away. And as long as if I, as long as I can show that it's funny, I don't give a shit about the other stuff. So well, like, like- that's, yeah, that's why stand up for me is like my saving grace and like the thing that I will always lean towards because it's the ability to be like, nah, you wrong. <laughs> I made it funny. You wrong, but well, I'm gonna keep it moving. <laughs> like one of the most like <clears throat> clear examples of that too is like Dave Chappelle, you know, because yeah. that guy, he, he, like you, that guy is obviously a caring person. It's like written yeah. all over his fucking face and his body language and the, yeah. and the jokes and everything. Like he cares so much about people, all people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just like, man, it's frustrating that people can't just see that. Like can you, the guy care if you're stuck on a desert island with this yeah. is something I imagine all the time. If I was stuck on a desert island with that person, would yeah, they have my back? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah. yeah, he would have your back. It's a no-brainer. It's obvious. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. O- like, occupational hazard. Has it felt like there's been a, a, an uptick since, since you know, the stuff at the Oscars and then the stuff at the Dave Chappelle show? Mm-hmm. Has there been an uptick in people mouthing nah, I like watching all these. Uh, nah, once again, I started in the urban room, so that's like business as usual. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, like, I don't know. I'm just like, uh, like I watch people squirm and do this panic. And I'm like, what were you doing for the first 10 years of your career? Where were you performing if you weren't performing in places with people who wanted to fight you? Like, where were you? Like, how did you get good if you weren't being booed? If you didn't have shit thrown at you? If you didn't have people want to meet you outside? Like, I don't know. Like me and my friends, we used to do gigs and like we used to just take random gigs, like wherever people would be like, yo, I got a hundred dollars. And we'd be like, all right, we did a goddamn, (laughs) we did a show and it was like in the middle of like blood territory in Jersey, like, you know, Crips and Bloods and shit. It was like some part of Jersey and it already looked sketchy, but my boy was driving and we get there, we do the bar and like, we like, all right, man, that was fun. We made it through. And there's like a lot of people wearing red. So we like, oh, fuck, we, we got out of there. And we go to Dunkin' Donuts to just talk about like how the show went. And them, this is Dunkin' Donuts too. There's just everywhere. There's bloods and there's bloods everywhere. And just like, yo, good shit, man. You was funny. <laughs> you was fucking funny, yo. At first I was like, uh, but then I was like, nah, this is motherfucking funny. Like okay. when you come through that, you don't give a shit about anything else. Mm. You know what I mean? Like starting in Philly, Philly is a very aggressive city. It's a it's a city where people will box <laughs> you. Will, I was going to make a Will Smith joke there, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, Will Smith from Philly, right? <laughs> but it's a it's a city where I feel like at least it may have changed. But like growing up, it was everything was about getting physical. Yeah. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. for me, I'm like, oh, well. It's just what it is that happens. It's not new to me, but to see like it, it, it's been put on this, like on TV and it's been made public. And now people are like fearing for their lives. I'm like, y'all never, y'all never had to like almost fight an audience member because they walked on stage or. (laughs) Then again, Monroe, man, it's just because you got those hips. Like you were saying in your. Yeah, something, man. (laughs) Something, but no, I'm like. I see comics going through it and they're scared or whatever, but I don't know. 
they'll figure it out. It's yeah. the same thing with like we were talking about the cancel culture thing. Like people like, oh man, you can't say anything. I'm like, you can, you just gotta deal with the repercussions. I think yeah. that's the thing that people that that that's the thing that people like confused about freedom of speech. It's like you can say whatever you want. That's yeah. still a thing. You just gotta deal with someone trying to take your job, punch you in the face, or like just get some sort of ramifications. People want to do actions with no consequence. And that's the thing that makes comedy fucking cool is yeah. there's a chance that they will hate you and boo you and throw chicken bones at you. <laughs> it's it's almost like uh, inedible, right? Like you, you're like, yeah, part of what you sign up for. It's the fun part. Like yeah. if it was just making people laugh, I'll be a fucking clown. Hmm. It's the it's the it's the part of just. Making people feel and some people like I've done jokes, some people and you look over and some part and then another person is like, yo, and it always somebody who I didn't think would laugh. You know what I mean? Like if I'm doing a room and like, I don't know, like I could be talking about like I, I think the latest joke I posted was um about the mass shooting thing and just yeah, comparing yeah. and just bringing the, the two parallels together, which was the the two topics together, which was the the mass shooting and the over and, and like how mass shooting is on the rise, but then the lack of baby formula and stuff like that. And I did that joke twice. Both times you can hear the audience, the audience burst into laughter. And then some people are like, whoa, mm. too soon. And you look <laughs> and then you look and you're like, I want to see who's laughing and who's booing. And you'll see like a young like a young um, white girl just cackling, just like, ah, like you, like you, I didn't think you was gonna laugh. Or like an old white man or an old black couple just like, like leaned over because they're like, yo, that was fucking funny. That shit is always worth it to me. Oh, dude. Both, and then I'm it's up to them to that. argue. Yeah. <laughs> it's up yeah. to them to be like, he could say whatever the fuck he want. I love that shit. I've, uh, what, what do you think would, would send me through my fear of, of uh going to do a five minute um open mic wait you're not a comic fuck no dude i'm a life coach dan you're a comic <laughs> none of y'all comedians holy shit I thought, I need to like, read back up back up eject, eject. Like, whoa 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 you're not a comic you're like why am i on this what i gotta the... go guys yeah. <laughs> i would say you're making a you're making a way bigger deal out of it than you need to be. Either two things are going to happen, three things are going to happen. Yeah, you'll suck, you'll be okay, like eh, or you'll fucking be great. And I've seen that. I've seen. I've been in it long enough to see multiple people do different things. Like some person would be like, "Ah, oh, this is my first time," and then they fucking kill it, or they do terrible. And then it's the it's about the the other times that really matter. It's like, all right, if you kill and you come back, that's given. Like if you kill and you come back, I expect you to do that because you're gonna you're gonna kill and they're gonna come back to see if you can do it again. And then if you can't, then you'll probably give it one more shot to see how it goes. And you're like, ah, it ain't for me. And then if you bomb and you keep coming back, I know you're gonna be around for a while. Oh shit! Right, yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, makes because you sense. get it. You yeah. get you get it's about that. It's about working your way up to the first lap, to the real first lap. 
Like I may, I made people laugh, but I don't feel like I really started getting good belly laughs until like 2011. Because I started after two, three, like bombing yeah. a bunch of times, like like working it out. Absolutely, absolutely. That's amazing. I started in 2007. Yep. I I got kicked out of the club for like two months because all I would do was go on stage and just do crowd work and talk to the audience. And at the time, it wasn't that popular. It wasn't like being Dave Attell and Jeff Ross and them. They were like, no, 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 cut that shit out. Like, go up there with jokes and do the goddamn jokes. And I didn't have any jokes. So the club owner, she kicked me out. And every week, I had to show up to the open mic and let her see my book. And then she would read it and be like, no, next week. And like for like two months, she I would keep showing up every week and she'll read it. And be like, eh, nah. But what I, I don't think she was really reading it. I think she was just seeing if I was actually writing and like getting yeah. better or versus just like showing her the same shit and be like, hey, here's the joke. Can I try him this week? Like once she kicked me out, I had to find other places to perform comedy because at first I was just going to that spot and then I would go there every week. And yeah. then once I got kicked out, I was like, fuck, I don't know what else I'm going to do. And then other comics were like, yo, roll with me to this spot or come with me across town to this spot, this, that, and the third. And once I started doing that, I was able to be like, oh, that's what the fuck this is about. Like, I need to yeah. go and start workshopping this shit. I need to actually, like, put a set together, figure out what jokes work, which ones don't work. And even when you're even when you're young in comedy, let's say you got five minutes, you probably only got two good jokes. And then you're like, mm -hmm. all right, I'm going to open with one good joke and then I'm going to close with this other joke. But that shit in the middle, whoo-wee, going to be a rough one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Five gonna minutes. Be a rough one. Yeah, you know no, I mean? five like, minutes. One comedy. hour. One comedy club used to start you off at three. And at first you'd be like, three minutes, what the fuck can I do in three minutes? Then when you bomb it, you'd be like, where's, where's the light? Please, get me out Come of here. I might die right <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah. It's like holding your breath, like, sometimes. Did you have a glimmer of, of, of this kind of life when you were in foster care? No, not at all. I couldn't, mm. I couldn't see none of this shit happening. That's why I love it. You know, like even the ups and downs. I'm still like, this life is better than I could have imagined. Like, go, like all I know was PA, you know, group of like bouncing around Philadelphia, different people's homes, in and out of like group homes and shit. And it's the same thing over and over again. It's just like, oh, what you gonna do? You gonna go to school, be a teacher? Or are you, you gonna get a city job or something like that? Like no one ever really taught you how to dream. Like not, I'm saying you, but yeah, me. No one was ever really like, hey, you can do some shit that doesn't exist. You can do, you can create a path off that only you see. Like no one really, really like said that to me, which is weird because I live with a lot of religious people. And mm. that's all religion is. It's mm. just motivational talk, but with a man with slippers on, right? <laughs> like they, they throw Jesus in it, but it's really just like, hey, Jesus said you can get up and you can make the life you want. But no one was telling me that. So what turned church. that on for you? When uh, What was this the like tipping point for you? Um, the, the thing that got me in the comedy was that I seen a comedian working a regular job when i seen the comic that i seen on tv he had a regular mm. job and that, that let, let me, me know, know that you can be a person like 
before that you see comics you think oh they're comedians meaning like they're trained actors and stuff like that and then this is just something that they do when they're not in movies because that's your introduction to comedy at least my introduction to comedy is like I didn't go to comedy clubs, so I just seen people on Def Jam, and then you see them from Def Jam in your favorite movie, or you see them on TV. So I was just like, okay, that's they're they're professionals, they're stars. And then once I seen a a, a comic with a regular job, I was like, I think you have to build up to that, and that got me comfortable enough to be like, well, fuck it, I'm gonna try it. If he can do it, I can do it. And then I started trying it, and then like after within those two months that was the thing that made me go i think i'm gonna stay with this i think i'll figure it out like i wasn't thinking about doing it full time but i was definitely thinking about doing it for the rest of my life even if i had to do it with like a a job on the side i would definitely just kept doing it but it was another job that i had when i was working with kids and there was a lady that i was working under and like she knew I was a comic and a lot of other people at the facility knew I was a comic and there. And then she told me, she was like, I was like 26 at the time. And she was like, um, you, she was like, I heard you pretty funny. I was like, Oh, thank you. And she was like, Oh, you're, you're a comedian. You, you consider yourself a comic. I'm like, yeah. And she was like, Oh, okay. Well, why do you have this job? And I'm like, so I can like, you know, like make, make a living for myself. She was like, but why don't you believe in yourself enough to try to make a living off of this thing? And I was like, mm-hmm. because you got to have a plan B. And then she was just like, she was like, my husband's a jazz musician. He's not a, mm-hmm. a teacher. He's not this, not that. He this is what he does. He goes on tour with people. He he's done X, Y and Z. And that's his life. And that's where he makes his money. And I was like, OK. I was like, well, I don't know, I could fail. And she was like, you're young enough to fail. And when she said that, I was like, that makes sense. You're young enough to fail. Meaning like at 26, even if I gave it five years, I would only be 31, which means I could still be, I'll still be young enough for an entry-level job at the bullshit places I was working. Like (laughs) I can always go back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. Dude, do you you ever uh, like say thanks to her? No, I haven't seen her. And I'm pretty sure she's not on social media. She's one of those people. That's amazing. She don't fuck with none of that shit. Hey, I know you got to run, man. But uh, any before you take off, is there anything you want to announce? Anything you want to talk about? Any new When's this come out? out? Uh, this will be out in the next couple of days. Uh, I'll be in Nairobi the 20th through the 30th. I don't know if y'all got African listeners, but just in case. <laughs> in um, fact, most of our listeners are from Nairobi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According Primarily. to the, the, the stats, right? They're always from like New Zealand or some shit. You're like, what the fuck? I have a um, lot of super fans from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then I got, um, what else? I got spots and shows in the city. You can, you can follow me. Just like on all my socials, Monroe Martin, I, I, I on Instagram and uh, TikTok and stuff like that. Awesome, man. Cool. Thanks yeah. for your time today, dude. Yeah, thanks no problem. For thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Dan. Absolutely. No problem. Yeah, take care. We'll be, you got a couple of fans now. Thank you, man. Yeah. Do comedy, y'all. God damn it. I thought y'all was comedian and shit. <laughs> I take I that like, as a high compliment. I appreciate that. Now that it makes sense. I was like, why the fuck they keep asking me these comedy questions? Don't y'all do? <laughs> No, but I appreciate y'all. Yeah, man. All good, dude. Thanks so much. Appreciate you.
take that as a huge compliment to be to have been assumed to have been a comment com it's hard comment. not to <laughs> it's hard not to take that <laughs> as a compliment i don't know if that's what he was saying he's like wow these guys are funny they must be comedians i'm not sure that's that's where that came from or he's like these definitely... guys are not funny how could they possibly call themselves a comedian <laughs> <laughs> stupid name cutting for sign what the fuck does that mean <laughs> i don't see the funny funny in that that was cool he's that was cool man. i enjoyed yeah. that my, you know what's interesting, I think, interesting to me at least, is is I've heard this said before that comedians are probably like the modern day prophets or seers. Like they can see at a level of humanity because they're allowed to go deep and high and yeah. make fun of us, you know, That's us being point. humanity. I mean, and, and they're able to say things more honestly and more truthfully because of that. And and I think that, like, you know, when there's like this context of an agenda, like people are like, oh, I'm offended by that. And that doesn't include this. And that doesn't include that. And with comedians, it's like, no, we're just observing what's going on and showing you the hilarity. Yeah. I think that, that, uh, maybe there wouldn't be, I wouldn't say that there, if I was to really like engage in that statement, I don't know if yeah. they're really the prophets, but what they seem to be to me, that the jester the fool um the trickster is an archetype is like one of the seats at the end of the table of the psyche yeah. you know according yeah. to you know Jung and some other psychologists and that's because they they are a significant mirror and voice and reflector of what's going on because of everything you just said for sure i i and there's an ancient tradition tradition of that as i understand it like in medieval days the the quote fool they were allowed to say shit that would get other people beheaded you know and yeah for the same reasons that comedians uh can say that now as i understand it but you know prophets are the modern day prophets i would say like there's still people who like straight up download prophetic stuff you know and i wouldn't i don't know prophet is like one of the inner archetypes but you know i think that what you're saying is there's some truth to that like that the comedians definitely are showing us um, one of the reflectors of the 10,000 foot view on humanity. And I, I just, I so grateful that people are waking up to the, the fact that it's okay to make fun of a lot of different parts of, of humanity. And, and that that doesn't mean that they are proponents of the hate, you know, and, and I know it's a, it's a journey, you know, that a lot of people are growing, waking up to that slowly, you know, and in humanity, maybe it's slow to do that, but there certainly are, there's more articulation around what you just said and what he's talking about and what Dave Chappelle's talking about and all the comedians pretty much. I think that people are getting it. Man. I think so too. Absolutely. I think so. You know? Yeah, I, I love that he's going to Nairobi and that there's a comedy scene that's burgeoning there. That sounds incredible. Dude, that book I, I just wanna, read. Fury I want to hear more of that stuff. Road. What did you say? That what book, book? Blood, Sweat, and Chrome was well. Fury Road, the movie was yeah. filmed in Nairobi, and oh, I just it? read that book, and I was like, yeah. man, I just felt like, yeah, all of it. Dude, and I love Africa. That like, place, that place is calling me again. I'd love to go back. I, I, you I have, have, I have a strong feeling that stories. I'll, <laughs> that's just africa like it, you just go and you're gonna have the same stories like like it, it is I don't know, man i bet you go on a tour and don't get those stories you yeah stories. i mean you can't i mean i think that's true anywhere like you, you got to get with the folks right like they're like i mean 
that's when I realized like the there is a lot of the suffering, untold suffering that I cannot yeah. even begin to imagine. And Ooh. one time this guy came up to me and he had no nose. The whites of his eyes were disintegrated. Like that, like there was like chunks of his eyes what? taken out. He had oh, just nubs of God. fingers and God. like parts of his body, his body were were deleted. And he handed me this piece of paper, and um, and it said his name, and it said that he had um, been that he had suffered from leprosy, and that uh, he had like basically like a, a local. Uh, ticket to like beg for money and for sustenance. Oh, he had like he had God. no lips. He looked like a burn victim, and and when I first read it, I like I like started shaking because I was like, oh, is this is this uh, uh, you know contagious or you know all kinds of silly things my mind was sure. going through. But but dude, it was fucking hard, hard, hard to look at that person, and I made myself do it. I made myself look at him and made himself made myself like look at a person who was suffering in a way I could never imagine. Yeah. And, and I tried to talk to him, but the dude couldn't talk because he, you yeah. know, his like lips were gone and shit. Like, and, 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 and then I realized he probably didn't speak English anyway, but it was like, Ooh, you know, I don't think about that very often, but I, but some crazy shit there. Really crazy shit. I mean, that's one of the most difficult things I think about these days in not only travel, but just the internet and, and, media is just that we are exposed to so much suffering in the world and it's like you can't take it on you know you can't yeah. take it all on no but how do you go how do you go about your life and live having an enjoyable life while other people are so you know they're suffering out there you know i was watching this youtube video on richard harris and peter o'toole last night and their epic drinking adventures and the two legendary actors every once in a while i go down a little youtube rabbit hole of these two guys epic mm. drinking adventures because it's just pure joy you have these mm. ancient legendary actors and they're both irish and they just had a fucking ball in life they just had a ball they decided to, and then they both ended up sober later in their lives but like did they do they really? not regret the joy and the mirth that they did they laugh about it they tell the stories and richard harris ended one of the videos just like he's like getting a confession that the he they thought he was going to die. And so the priest came in and was like, you want to confess? And he's like, I had nothing to confess. I feel great about my life. And, mm. and then the priest's like, come on, like confess. And he goes, he goes, if I confess, it's going to take an hour and you're going to want to give up all of your priesthood because you're going to be like, this guy enjoyed life so much. And then the <laughs> priest got like nervous and he's like, well, just let me do a general confession. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. And he did it. And then he like, the priest ran out. And I just love that. Like, uninhibited unapologetic i had a blast in life mm. and then i think about what does the peter o'toole and the richard harris say to the person who's while they're gallivanting mm. you know drunkenly excessively potentially you know yeah. sometimes what do they say to the person who's suffering right from them and i think that that question right there is one of the most challenging questions in life mm. i don't know if there's an answer to that i mean i think that um acknowledgement is probably the only thing we can do to begin with right just acknowledging each other i think you might be right yeah 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 i think this is a great this was a great episode i really enjoyed this observation go i'm sorry i I started steamrolling you yeah Um, that's okay we can end on a ron moment instead of a dan moment (laughs) i'm Mm. just kidding (laughs) 
that feels good. That feels good. Let's do that. <laughs> Let's hold space for my feelings, yes. but not yours, and be done. <laughs> yes. Let's end with three minutes of Ron just mmming. <laughs> Soaking mm. it in. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks for that combo, man. Yeah, man. This or it can be like in the arguments when one person's trying to get the last say and then the, the other person says the last say and the other person says, like you and I are both trying to end on a little me moment. And then we're like, good, that was a good sign up. All right, see you, Ron. And you're like, yeah, that was a good sign up. It reminds me of this one time. <laughs> I got one more anecdote. I got like, one more, one more counter story. <laughs> warm anecdote. It's going to warm the cockles of your heart. <laughs> <laughs> get that awkward bitter daniel taste out of your mouth so you can leave on a nice <laughs> me everyone listen to me this is great thanks for doing this thanks for finding uh okay. finding monroe let's find some more that was fun